0: morning liberty well what is up all
1: of our liberty loving friends this is another fantastic episode of the good morning liberty podcast my name is nate thurston and across from me is mr charlie chuck thompson how's it going today man
0: oh living the dream man what about you
1: Uh, i'm doing pretty good i just realized i could hear my computer Running like crazy in the background and my headphones. Yeah. The computer goes nuts. The thing's taking off like space, man. It is. S P C E. I saw on the listing for it that it had a bunch of extra fans and they're they're really loud. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. It's uh it's Monday, by the way. It we is. just had a weekend and um, I had a nice quiet weekend. I stayed in a hotel by myself all weekend. That sounds it, awesome. It was it was amazing the pool was closed though so yeah i didn't care about that i wouldn't have done that anyway how many shows did you watch i watched all of the mainly i watched all the movies that there were out there Mm -hmm. i watched some that i hadn't seen before that i felt like i should have seen like i'd never seen no country for old men before and i knew that i that my wife
0: wouldn't want to watch that so i watched that
1: it was pretty good yeah
0: yeah it was
1: overall pretty good
0: yeah Okay, well, that's pretty much that's, my story. <laughs> that's why you didn't shower. You're wearing a hat today.
1: Yeah, I didn't shower. I haven't showered since like probably last Friday morning. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, smelling, smelling pretty good. Because you didn't have to. No, I didn't. You why would I home. shower when I'm going to be laying in a hotel bed for two days? Exactly. I didn't even, I didn't change clothes. I didn't, I hardly had any clothes. Just so you know, for two days, I just laid there and watched movies. Yeah. It was awesome. That sounds great. It was so good. That sounds okay. Good. Well, we got stuff to talk about today on the Good Morning Liberty podcast. Yeah. Where we talk about life, liberty, and pursuit of meaning every single day of the week when we want to. Those few people that leave
0: negative reviews don't want to hear about <laughs> no, our, no. Sorry our for personal drunken escapades from the past. <laughs> so there was no, there was I'll, no drinking though. Until I'll, tell you I'll that. spare them my drunk wedding details from this weekend. Okay, <laughs> that's so, good. Although they're probably not listening anymore. No, they're not here.
1: <laughs> they don't listen because we tell too many personal stories. Apparently, that's right. yeah. Apparently.
0: Well, we've got and here's the thing. I don't care. We've got like so.
1: five news stories in the stack today. The last one being really important. We'll see if we have to skip number four to get to number five because we have to talk about that today. And the first one here is just pretty quick. We have to talk about a little bit of a uh, little bit of hypocrisy, a little bit of hypocrisy. Now these things happen, okay? And of course, people on both sides of the aisle do things that are hypocritical, of course. But when it comes to Governor Karen Whitmer up there in Michigan, she has been extra Karen on this whole COVID mm. thing, and that's Karen with a K, not with a C. All right, <laughs> she. Uh, all right, so here's just guess what happened here. She was uh, captured in a photo hanging out with her friends, no mask on, big table full of people mm. against all of the state's guidelines. And she the, must
0: have got the playbook from uh, from a Newsom.
1: From what I can tell, the problem here is that she got caught because her quote about this was pretty hilarious. the The um, article of the information here comes from Fee, and I believe Mister Brad Palumbo wrote this thing because he does the emails over there. Check out Brad's podcast, by the way. I'll just go ahead and plug that. Breaking boundaries. Make sure that you're listening to that thing. Michigan Governor Karen Whitmer gets he misspelled her name there. Spelled it with a G. That's weird. Yeah. Karen Whitmer gets exposed for lockdown hypocrisy. Again. Again. Governor Whitmer apologized Sunday after a photo circulated of her a Lansing Bar violating Michigan Health Department orders by closely gathering en masse with a dozen other people. Michigan Live reports. No more than six people can gather together at indoor restaurants, and groups of customers must be six feet apart, according to the latest Michigan Department of Health and Human Services pandemic order. Mm. Let me put the photo here. There's her, unfortunately, being captured. She even leaned forward. I'm surprised she didn't try to hide her face or anything like that. So there, there's her with her face blurred out, but it was her in the photo because she apologized for it. So, so we know it's not mm. like a fake photo or anything like that. To her credit, Whitmer quickly acknowledged her hypocritical act and apologized. Now, this is an interesting quote from Whitmer here. She says... Throughout the pandemic, I've been committed to following public health protocols, the governor said in a statement. Yesterday, I went with friends to a local restaurant. As more people arrived, the tables were pushed together. Because we were all vaccinated, we didn't stop to think about it. In retrospect, I should have thought about it. I am human. I made a mistake, and I apologize. Oh, God. What she meant to say was, I got
0: caught. Right.
1: Because the first thing in her mind was, we're all vaccinated. I don't need to worry about this.
0: And the table okay. somehow got pushed together. Yeah, somehow. Yeah.
1: It all happened so fast.
0: That's, yeah. They're, I didn't know what to say. Yeah.
1: But realize that is what we know now what she really thinks and what the state is actually trying to force other people to do. Mm. Because when she knew that she was with a bunch of other people who were vaccinated and she herself is vaccinated, she didn't She didn't worry about it. Did she didn't care. Did we see
0: her vaccine passport, mm-hmm. though? Have they verified her vaccine uh, ooh, passport? She didn't
1: show her papers, so I, I don't mm. really
0: know. I don't know if she's vaccinated or
1: not. Of mm. course, there's nothing particularly unsafe about what what Whitmer's group did. And they're all adults who can make their own risk judgment, judgments. But in a sense, that's exactly the problem. The governor is outlawing behavior she obviously knows is perfectly safe. Or one <clears> she's willing <throat> to
0: risk herself. Yeah, she yeah. can take that risk. I thought, yeah, she I'll wants put it to. here. Rules for thee, but not for me is officially her motto. Yep. And that's the problem with this type of thing is that just like Newsom did it in California and everyone else is, uh, well, she does. She went to Florida, like right when saying that people shouldn't go to Florida right. or shouldn't so do, travel So to Pritzker's family yeah, and all of that from, from <laughs> Illinois. It's, it's, they want the special treatment. They make all these rules for you. And yet they're the ones that are allowed to, uh, break protocol. And that's the way it's always been, by the way, folks, it's the people in power who get to do whatever they want. And and so the people arguing for more government, well, that's just, we're just going to get more of that.
1: What people will do, and Brad talks about it here in the article, kind of, he, you know, people that are on the right also get caught in acts of hypocrisy. And anytime you see something like this, uh, when it comes to COVID, and you say, oh, Whitmer's a hypocrite, what people will say is something like, well, Ted Cruz went to, cancun or something like that yeah but ted cruz hasn't been arguing that you shouldn't be allowed to go anywhere right okay right so yeah maybe the state had health orders at that time you know but cruz hasn't been out there arguing that people shouldn't be able to go in groups or go to restaurants or do anything so yes and now republicans do all kinds of bad stuff so i don't just want to sit here and act like they're perfect angels or anything but when you aren't in the group that's arguing that people shouldn't be allowed to do anything and you break the CDC rules like you do something, you don't wear a mask or you go out in public. That's not you being a hypocrite. Like that's actually you just living by what your standards are, what your principles mm-hmm. are, which is that people should be able to make their own risk judgments. So you did break those rules, but you haven't been out there arguing that those rules should be in place in the, in the first place. Right. So it's right. So it's not hypocritical.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, it may like you said, it may break the what the rules or mandates are from the governor or whatever. But it, it, it's not hypocritical because you're not arguing for it. Yeah. You're not saying, hey, I think everyone should lock down and not go anywhere. And then you happen to go somewhere like these people have. I think Nicole makes a great comment here. She said, basically, government officials are allowed to be human, but others are not. Because for everyone else in Michigan, well, you get a ticket or whatever they were doing. I can't remember. Weren't they? Your restaurant they,
1: probably gets shut down. Weren't they arresting people? That the restaurants at, at get first shut they down? Were, yeah.
0: All kinds of crazy things. But yet she's allowed to reflect mm-hmm. in retrospect and apologize that she's human. No one else is though. Y'all no. can't be human. You have to know the law, follow the law, follow all, follow all of her orders, mm-hmm. all of her decrees, all of those things coming down through her emergency power orders. And that, it's, it's,
1: uh, that, that really is how it works with government officials. Like they think that they are above you as people. I'm not even saying above the law. They think that they're above you. The rule, There are different rules for people who aren't, in politics and people who they aren't actually government make officials. different rules for
0: them in law, they, they actually do.
1: <laughs> yeah. But then they also think that the rules are for you and they are fine making those rules for you. And they know that they don't have to follow; They don't want to follow mm-hmm. them. They might not even believe in them, but they want to come off as someone who's making sure people are safe, but they can do whatever they want. It's pretty disgusting, really. So anyway, that's really all I had to say about that.
0: Well, I mean, the, the again part is to make matters worse. This is the second time. Uh, Karen has flouted her own public positions. The governor flew on a private jet to Florida in March to visit her sick father. At the same time, she was counseling Michigan residents to avoid travel, and lied about it. Mm. So, mm. it's um, how about that? It's ridiculous. And and again, all politicians do this. this. Politicians, as as my friend Jason Stapleton would say, don't care about you. No, they don't care no. about you at all. All you people, I saw a video on TikTok earlier this guy was talking about how you know they got they got trolled by Biden and the voting for Biden was a mistake it's like none of them actually care about you they don't so here's
1: one of the reasons people are starting to say that voting for Biden was a mistake by the way oh nice look segue. At that lead
0: in yeah there you I go had, I, I literally had no idea yeah I haven't read the <laughs> podcast notes I know yet. So, <laughs> this is coming from IB Times um, Biden steps back on student loan debt forgiveness. Leading to major criticism. Mm. Mm. Joe Biden is facing some pushback, albeit probably very friendly pushback. <laughs> yeah. Following reports that his new budget won't include the student loan debt forgiveness he built part of his campaign for the presidency on. Imagine that. You don't say. Folks. Pledges Biden made during his campaign, which, including, which included health care reforms, raising the estate tax, and forgiving significant amounts of student debt are all expected to be left out of his upcoming budget plan, The Washington Post reported Friday. Why? Because we can't afford any of it. The news comes one day after an interview with Biden by New York Times opinion writer David Brooks was published where he seemed to be further at odds with the progressive wing of his party when it came to the idea of student debt forgiveness. In the interview, Biden admitted he didn't agree with the more progressive plan where people like Senators Elizabeth Warren and Chuck Schumer have urged him to forgive up to 50000 in debt from all borrowers, stating that he didn't think the public should pay for those who willingly pursued more expensive educations. Wait, what was that? Quote, quote from Biden himself. The idea, man, that you go to Penn and you're paying a total of 70,000 bucks a year and the public should pay for that? I don't agree. Come on, man. (laughs) I added that part in there. Look, look, the fact of the matter is, the idea that you can go to Penn and you're paying a total of 70,000 bucks a year and the public should pay for that? I don't agree.
1: I What? I, I agree with him. Yeah. How wow. about
0: that? How just, about that? They shouldn't pay for any of it. Yeah. None of it.
1: <laughs> it's signing the line. He doesn't think the public should pay for those who willingly pursue more expensive educations. Man. Now... The reason I had to put this in here was because I, I dug up the last time I tweeted about this, which was the beginning of December. And you guys have heard us talk about this a lot. But on December 4th, I tweeted that they're not going to forgive the student debt. They can't do it. Forgiving the student debt would solve a problem that a lot of people have, which is that they have student debt. And politicians and the government is not in the business. They are not in the business of solving problems that people have. They're in the business of selling you on the fact that they're going to solve the problem that you have. They can't actually take care of it because then you have no use for them after that. So what they have to do is they have to defer the student debt. And then they have to defer it. And then each bill is going to talk about how they're going to defer the student debt for another six months or another nine months or something like that. They might as well come out with a bill right now that says that they're going to defer the student debt until 2022, until November of 2022, they're going to defer the student debt. And then what's that going to do? It's going to make campaigns all over the country about whether or not you support Keeping the student debt deferred with no interest, or you're, if you're going to make these poor students pay for their colleges that they can't afford, and it's going to be an election piece for a long time. There is absolutely no incentive for them to actually do it. They have to hold it off so they can hold it over your head mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna see, folks. Add another add another check mark to your right column. Yeah. That's, I'm going to have to add some more columns in here. Need, yeah. Need <laughs> some a lot more, more
0: rows. <laughs> need a lot more columns.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, um, Rand Paul, you guys know him. He's a doctor, says that he will not get the COVID vaccination. Mm. He will not get the COVID vaccine. This once again has Rand Paul trending on Twitter because people love to hate Rand Paul. One of the top tweets was how someone wished they could give Rand Paul's neighbor a hug. That's just that, you know, the, obviously the party of tolerance and peace and safety for everyone. Mm-hmm. And there's no leading the violence or anything like that. So what he's saying, basically, is he already had COVID-19. This is from Yahoo News. By the way, we read, was it last week we read the article saying that they, they did, it was the National Cancer Institute that did the study, but that they know that you are able to fight off COVID for at least three months. Now, they said three, at least three months, because that's how much they've tested Right. It doesn't mean that it's only three months. It's that they know that it's three months that you're able to fight it off. Now, it's been more with the ninety percent
0: efficacy. Yeah, rate. it was.
1: It was almost as much as the vaccine. It yeah. was. It was really close. And now, if I were Rand Paul, would I would I take that gamble? You're someone who's in your fifties. You've got part of a lung. You've had chronic pneumonia a bunch of times. Honestly, I'm not sure that I one hundred that I would one hundred percent make that same judgment honestly because you don't know how long the he's antibodies are going to help he is a doctor so okay
0: and then i he's know he studied this stuff
1: i know he's not a epidemiologist or, or anything a, like that virologist but uh whatever whatever you're supposed to be but he did probably take several classes and is fairly knowledgeable about the human body i yeah. would say and so he's been pretty right about about a lot of things lately you see it came out over the weekend that uh people at the Wuhan labs uh, were seeking medical attention in November of 2019 and Fauci admitted over the weekend that he is not sure that the COVID, that the uh, COVID-19, the SARS cov 2 was nat- was actually natural, that it might've been created. Mm. Rand Paul creates these situations. Okay. He calls out Fauci in front of everyone and says, why are you wearing two masks, man? You're vaccinated. A few weeks later, here we go. What's up? The CDC changes their guidelines, okay? And then he pushes them on Wuhan and whether or not the virus was created. And then Fauci says over the weekend, uh, you know, I'm not sure it was a naturally occurring virus. Mm. So you start to see he changes the winds a little bit. Now what Nicole just said, he's not in, hes not his father. He's not Ron Paul, okay? I'm here doing this right now because of Ron Paul's dad. And I try to make sure that I'm not biased because of his last name. But I, what Nicole also said was that he's the best we've got. And I agree with that, honestly.
0: One of, yeah, he's, one of the best.
1: Because of the fact that he is a senator. And so he's got a little bit, there's only a hundred of them. And he's got a little bit more weight behind him than, say, Thomas Massey being out there saying mm. things, one of 435 members of Congress. Um, he's got a little bit more weight behind him for sure. So, okay. Anyway, uh, Paul says he's not getting vaccinated because he has already had COVID-19. By the way. A lot of the articles said I saw Newsweek and some other stuff. They said Rand Paul is refusing to get the COVID vaccine. <laughs> How are you refusing to do? Like if you're making a choice to not do something, does that mean that you're refusing to do it? You know,
0: like somebody's trying to force you yeah. to get a vaccine, and like, you're like you're running away. Like
1: I'm refusing to end this podcast right now, everyone. <laughs> I'm refusing to do it. No, it's just. I'm not going to end the podcast right now. Mm. doesn't mean I'm refusing unless someone's trying to force you to do something. Yeah. Nate in the show. I refuse, sir. (laughs) There you go. Now I got the refuse. Yeah. Speaking with a conservative host on WABC radio in New York, Paul, an ophthalmologist said he won't change his mind unless they show me evidence that people who have already had the infection are dying in large numbers or being hospitalized or getting very sick. Okay. So the same point that he has been making is that, even if you get reinfection after you've had it once, it's, it's still not even as bad as getting it the first time. You're not getting very sick and you're not being hospitalized. There are people who've been reinfected, but they haven't gotten really sick from it. And so he, he's also trying to make that point. He wants to see the evidence that that is a thing. Quote, he said, I just made my own personal decision that I'm not getting vaccinated because I've already had the disease and I have natural immunity. Paul said, the Centers for Disease Control recommends that people who have been infected still get vaccinated because experts are not certain how long natural immunity lasts. Now they're not sure how long it lasts. A few months ago, people were saying experts weren't sure that you even had natural immunity. Now they're saying, well, you got natural immunity, but we're not sure how long it lasts. Next year, we'll be saying like, well, it's at least a year. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. That's uh, from what we can tell. It's at least a year. Paul's the first senator known to have contracted the coronavirus when he tested positive in March of 2020. Uh, vaccination demand has fallen about 60% of adults in the U S have received at least one dose so far. We don't have to read the rest of the article. I just thought that that was interesting. Charlie, would you make that decision? If you
0: had the uh, health ailments that Paul has, I don't know. Um, obviously I'm getting it for one reason and one reason only it's I, I want to travel. Yeah. So I have to get mine fairly soon so that I can travel. And that's um, it's the only reason I'm getting mine. Because otherwise, I'm pretty healthy. I mean, I could probably lose a little bit of weight, you know, but I'm overall pretty healthy and young. And it's not something I don't, I I, I just don't need. Yeah. But, at this moment. The only reason why I need it is because I need it to travel, because it's, it's a requirement.
1: Luckily that hotel I stayed in over the weekend, 20 minutes away from my house did not require that I show that I had any vaccine. Lacey didn't ask when I came back home to show my papers to make sure it was safe for me to come back home. So I'm good. That's about the extent of my traveling. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I don't have to worry about that.
0: Well, you travel further, but usually yeah.
1: not. You know. It's still okay. Yeah. I'm still allowed to come back home. Okay. <laughs> this next one, it should have been dumb bleep, but I can't wait. It's pretty funny. Yeah.
0: All right. From the New York post. Just, this is great. I didn't know this guy was still alive. Apparently he is. Kim Jong-un bans mullets and skinny jeans in North Korea. So all you Morgan Wallen fans can go shove it. There is no, quote, party in the back on Kim Jong-un's watch. The North Korean dictator has outlawed mullets and skinny jeans in an attempt to cut off decadent Western-style fashion trends, according to a report. Is, is that how far behind the trends they yeah, are in North Korea? I guess so. <laughs> oh, you didn't know that it was coming back, though. Oh, is it coming
1: back? That's why okay. I said
0: Morgan Wallen yeah, and I don't know who all these is. people. Morgan Wallen's like, well, he was a country star, and now he was blacklisted for saying the, oh, the wrong word okay. yeah, I gotcha. in that video. Yeah. He got caught doing that. I remember hearing about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. know I don't like him. But a lot of people were having their mullets done, so... Okay. Okay. This article is great. The tubby tyrant has approved only 15 official non-socialist haircuts (laughs) and the long in the back. I was like,
1: who the heck posted that?
0: (laughs) And the long in the back look isn't up to snuff. According to the daily express. He also ordered a bizarre crackdown on ripped jeans, slogan, t-shirts, and nose and lip piercings. According to the (laughs) outlet, which cited North Korea's the wrong Don Sinem newspaper. It sounds, he almost sounds like a Christian.
1: Southern <laughs> He's Baptist. A Southern Baptist is what he is.
0: <laughs> no dancing. No long hair, boys. Clean up your act. None of these, get yourself a bowl cut. The Hermit King reportedly fears <laughs> all these nicknames. Got yeah. for him That exotic US style cultural trends could influence young people and ultimately lead to his loss of power. Quote, we must be wary of even the slightest sign of the capitalistic lifestyle and the fight to get rid of them. Kim wrote in a recent article for, Rondong history teaches us a crucial lesson that a country can become vulnerable and eventually collapse like a damp wall, regardless of its economic and defense power. If we do not hold on to our own lifestyle,
1: that's how the revolution started. Actually, yeah. it started with mullets and a damp wall and piercings.
0: The ban <laughs> fashion comes amid a uh, string of new laws in North Korea, including a crackdown on South Korean K-pop bands to stop the influence of foreign countries. God, um, uh. They're also I, I, they're dealing they're also building a wall. They're dealing with mass immigration. Yeah. For so I heard.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, too many people trying yeah. to get there. Yeah, people fighting. Everybody wants this system. Yeah. So um I think it's pretty obvious what we have to say. Now, first off, this is ridiculous. it's funny. It's it's banning mullets and, you know, that's funny and skinny jeans. This is a joke. It is a joke. For people. But it's like out there. This is it it also just tells you how far dictators will go, you know, to to make sure that they hold on the power. So scared the people hate you so much. You're doing such a terrible job. You're so scared that something as simple as a Kentucky waterfall will lead to your demise.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah.
1: So it, exactly, it's, it, that's how terrible he's doing over there. Like if that's what you have to worry about, man. I mean, it's time. It's time to go. It's time to it's time to free the people, man. That's, that's one thing that we need to talk about more is what the heck is going on in North Korea. Oof. But they're so clamped down on all their information. It's it's mm. tough to get all the info from them. That's scary. <clears throat> okay. Now the main actual serious topic of the day. Mm-hmm. We just made it through. Honestly, that was kind of dumb bleep of the weekend. We won't be here on <laughs> Friday. So that was pretty much dumb bleep of the weekend. You guys yeah. had to vote on which one's the dumbest. Okay. Here's the actual serious news. All right. White farmers are suing the U.S. government over stimulus for socially disadvantaged farmers. Okay? Now, what they have done in this article is some of the craziest statistical manipulation. I was showing Charlie this earlier. um, And I dug up all the facts on it to make sure this article was no cap for y'all. Okay? And I'm going to make sure that this is as based as we can make it. Turns out it's cap. Yeah, this article is cap. But what I'm going to tell you is without cap it's lacking any cap whatsoever okay okay a group of american farmers all of them white are suing the government for race-based discrimination alleging that the u.s department of Agriculture's loan forgiveness program for farmers of color is a violation under the constitution it's technically a violation of title nine it's as well i don't know the exact part of title
0: nine you, essentially it, you can't discriminate based on race yeah. color creed ethnicity there's sex a, <laughs> gender
1: there's always a lot of this eyelashes uh, that goes on but this has been something that was specific from the u.s government arms that no was arms. that was only targeted for people who were black that it,
0: morbidities <laughs> disabilities
1: so what i'm saying is this is a specific uh, honestly anti-white racism that has come from the from the mm. USDA right mm-hmm. here. Now farmers f- farmers have to go into a lot of debt to start a farm. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I uh, I grew up on a farm. You know okay? a thing or two about. I know a thing or two about farmers. About pigs and chickens. Yeah. Okay. My my well, brother's well, got a farm. My dad's got a farm. My grandpa and his grandpa had mm. a farm. Okay.
0: So his daddy's daddy's and his yeah daddy's farmed. And, yeah. Uh,
1: not shrimp. So I know a lot about what it takes to get a farm going, the amount of money that goes into it, although not as much as uh my family who are actually still doing it, but I did I did grow up with that stuff. Quote from the lawyer here.
0: I even worked on your farm.
1: You did. You did. You uh prune grapes. Remember that one and time yeah, I was late? I that's a lot of times. That's It's
0: not true. I got I got some of uh, Nate's privilege. <laughs> that's hilarious right there. Oh, my God. Is that a real thing? Are they planting? I mean, that's more efficient. I guess. That's yeah. That, that is more efficient. That's pretty good.
1: Pretty good. Okay. Sorry that we're just talking to people that are in the private Discord server, which they joined by going to patreon.com slash good morning liberty and paying as little as $5 a month to hang out with us during the show is what we are laughing at right there. Quote, all of my clients just want to be treated equally. Daniel Lennington, lead attorney for the law- lawsuit, told Yahoo Finance. They're not looking for any special treatment. If there's a loan forgiveness program, they want it to be open to everyone, regardless of their race. That's I mean, it's a pretty reasonable. good argument. Yeah. And if the USDA would like to formulate the loan forgiveness program to help farmers who have a particular need, my clients would be in favor of that would be all in favor of that. Now we wouldn't be in favor of any of it. No offense family. Right. Okay. But it is more maddening to see like, Oh, uh, you took out a hundred thousand dollars to buy some land, and you took out a hundred thousand dollars to buy some land. That guy's black, so I'm going to give him a hundred twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, which is what they're doing. They're doing hundred twenty percent. Okay, the program, which allocated roughly four billion for socially disadvantaged farmers, ranchers, or forest landowners, landowners, is part of a larger stimulus bill signed into law amid the coronavirus pandemic. <clears throat> socially disadvantaged, in this case, is defined as relating to groups subjected to racial or ethnic prejudice because of their identity as members of a group without regard to their individual qualities. And you know how you fix something like that that may or may not have happened? Then you do it to them. That's that's how you. Then yeah. you treat people of other colors differently. That's how you fix racism, is by pointing the racism at different races, and then you don't have racism
0: anymore. Martin Luther King Jr. said hatred.
1: Yeah, you got to kill Whitey. You fight you know? love,
0: you fight <laughs> hate with hate. That's Um, what he said. If you got hate in your heart, you let it out.
1: Let's see. We're see eligible farmers would see if the 120% of their outstanding debts paid off as a result of the American rescue plan. The extra 20% going towards taxes associated with the outstanding debt. An additional 1 billion in the bill will be provided for outreach, training, education, technical assistance, grants and loans, and funding for improving land access. As if the other 3 billion that was for grants and loans wasn't enough. The part of the 1 billion is for grants and loans. Also, Lennington asserted that the plaintiffs are all for USDA fixing its past racism with programs that are targeted to the victims of that racism. We would love for the USDA to go out and find those farmers that discriminated against and even their children and make it up to them. But this law is specifically not targeted to the victims of race discrimination. That's also true. We can't say that looking out throughout history that there hasn't been any racism towards black people who were trying to get any type of financial aid for farms. So you can get really good low interest loans from the USDA. If if you're trying to buy a lot of equipment or land, that stuff is expensive. It is really expensive. And so what they're saying is a long time ago, it was harder for people who were black to get these loans, and so now they are they're socially disadvantaged. They're, there's less farms, or they're they're. But the problem is the people who own the farms right now, who have these loans, who just got the loans. By the way, they got the loans. That's why they're being paid off. It's because mm-hmm. they got the loans. You know, so they did get the loans. The loans are getting paid off. All right, uh, those people are going to have money sent to them to fix the past injustices that maybe people couldn't get loans and couldn't start farms. And That's,
0: just so you know, like a, a, a used combine now is half a million dollars. Yeah, it's, they're
1: expensive. So I think my, I think my family might've just got one for like Thousand. thousand yeah, yeah. 350 hundo mm-hmm. for you. So you can't get them, you know, unless you're getting those rich city farming and city farming, John Deere yeah. combines, those are more expensive, you know, because they're green all right the lawsuit argues that the constitution forbids discrimination by the federal government against any citizen because of his race or her race either one therefore according to the plaintiffs any race-based classifications must be subjected to the most rigid scrutiny john boy president of the national black farmers association told yahoo finance that the lawsuit shows a troubling pattern so this lawsuit shows a troubling pattern and it looks like we're going back in time In history where they just don't want blacks to have anything and be willing to be treated with dignity and respect. If you have to pay the loan that you took out for your farm, then that's not being treated with dignity and respect.
0: Yeah, it's not.
1: And the only way to make dignity and respect is for you took out a loan and your white neighbor took out a loan. And the only way for you to have dignity is if your loan is paid off and not his.
0: That's the only way to make it fair.
1: Equality. Mm -hmm. Right there. That's the way to do it. Okay. Okay. Now, here's where they start in with these statistical nonsense, because they're going to say all these things that sound insane, like, oh, yeah, they need to do this. That are true.
0: These are true. They
1: are true statistics. Yes. Yeah. There were nearly one million black farmers in 1920, the most ever. As of April 2019, there are roughly 45,500 black farmers, which account for 1.3% of the population. So you're like, oh, wow. Look how bad the racism was. There were a million black farmers in 1920, and now there's only
0: 46,000 of them, 45,000 of them. Look at that racism. Now, Now, you have a statistic in here, but I'm going to start with something else. This is 1920 when most people were farmers. Yeah. All of them. (laughs) You had to. You want to know why? (laughs) Because if you weren't, you starved to death, okay? In 1920, almost everyone was a farmer. Almost everyone. Yeah. Because you had to be. And now, you don't have to be. In 1920, you had to be or you died. What's happened since then is
1: farming has become so technical, technologically advanced and the yields have gone up so much thanks to GMO foods, things like that. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Roundup Ready uh, Beans for increasing the yield by four or five times since this time. So now you don't have to have 32 million people farming. Now you can do it with only currently 2 million people farming, okay? So here's the crazy thing. That 1 million, the 45,500 black farmers, that sounds crazy. That is a 95% decline in the amount of black farmers that there were. Now here's the other crazy number. There were 32 million total farmers in 1920, and there's only 2 million right now, meaning the entire farming population itself has decreased by 93%. Since 1920, mm. but what they did was they threw the statistic in here, saying, "Oh, there were 1 million in 1920, and now there's only 45,500." Look at the racism, but the entire population of farmers has decreased by 93% since 1920. Okay, almost a, literally the exact
0: same decrease.
1: Almost the same number. All right. Now what you'll what you'll see in some of these numbers is uh, the well, what is it? We call it the, math, the Matthew Principle, the, the Pareto distribution, all of that. The better your family is at farming, there maybe there's some disadvantage going on in there also way back in the day. But as your farm is better, you just, you're just you able to keep growing, and you're able to keep growing. And if you start at a lower economic status, or you don't do as well, or or something like that happens, then you don't grow as much. So to me, that would account for the 93% decline in total farmers, 95% in black farmers you could even say the two percent is racism let's say the whole two percent is racism and let's just admit that there nothing else happened other than the fact that two percent of it was racism in that decline is that what they're addressing with this four billion dollars that they sent no they're saying that the entire decline was racist the whole decline all right let me keep going here because that's not where it's just the first one it's
0: just the first stat yeah All right. How much time you guys got out there? Yeah, we
1: got plenty of time, man. The Agriculture Commissioner for the state of Texas also filed a lawsuit against the stimulus program for farmers of color, calling it unconstitutional. The Trump administration created the Market Facilitation Program, MFP, to
0: offset the effects of the trade war. Which tells you everything you know about the trade war.
1: Yeah, so he had the trade war, and then to get more money from the other countries, they did the trade war, and then we paid what the farmers were losing out on. That way there was a benefit... Somehow. Okay, mm. He directed about $24 billion to American farmers. About 99.5% of the initial payments went to white farmers. 99 point, look at the racism. 99.5% of the initial payments, they didn't even discuss all of the payments, went to white farmers. Now you're like, wow, look at that blatant racism. Almost everyone getting the money are, are white. But here's the other thing. Ninety-six percent of farmers are white, mm. so maybe there's a three-point-five percent racism statistic in there. Three-point-five percent, but it's not that ninety-nine point five percent went to white people because they hate they hate black people. That's not what happened. There's a three percent differential between the amount of farmers who are white and the amount of farmers who receive the benefits. Okay, in 2020. The USDA established a coronavirus food assistance program (CFAP) to provide billions in financial aid to farmers impacted by the coronavirus pandemic. The Environmental Working Group (EWG) found that as October 2020, nearly 90 97 percent of the 9.2 billion aid that had been distributed went to white farmers. 97 percent went to white farmers. 96 percent of the farmers are white. <laughs> But they don't, they don't put that number in there. All right. They say that, look, almost all of the money went to white people. And don't mention that almost all of the farmers are white people. You wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. There's no way you want to do that. And it's almost the same population, the the same percentages of black and white farmers as it's been since 1920, by the way. You know, we said one was a 95% decline, one was a 93% decline. That means that the numbers of white farmers to black farmers are pretty much the same. They were in 1920, 1920, but that's not the point they're trying to make here. Furthermore, white farmers received on average eight times more in aid than the average black farmer. Now that says nothing, all right? That says nothing because the way the aid was paid out was based on the amount of acres that you had, that you were farming. Okay, that's how it was paid out. So it says nothing about whether or not white people were getting paid eight times more than, than black people in this. It says that over this time there are a greater percentage of really big farms that are owned by white people. Throughout all this time since uh, ninety, there was a since ninety six percent of the farmers are white. That most of the really big farms that are doing really well are going to be white. they highly likely, statistically, to be white. very
0: likely to then, be white. And people. Then, see, they do the same thing with with women pay. They've taken the averages mm-hmm. of something that can be skewed massively statistically.
1: What the question you would ask is, were white and black farmers paid the same amount per acreage? And the answer would be, yes, they were. All that this says is that on average, the white people have bigger farms than black people. That's all that statistic says, which is racist, obviously that, and that's obviously due. You guys saw all the other numbers that is due purely to racism. (laughs) That's, that's what we saw On, on top of that okay they're having trouble finding workers and this is the lawyer who's arguing in favor of the uh the racist farmers the that racist are doing, white yeah, farmers yeah says they're having trouble finding workers what he's trying to say is all the farmers who are, are having problems it doesn't matter if they're white or black like farmers are having problems here are some of the problems that they're having they're having trouble finding workers he said the price of labor is going up Although you might look at the commodity prices and say they're going up and think it's a good time to be a farmer. You also have to look at all the inputs. So it's very narrow profit margins on each acre of land right now. Overall, according to Lemington, the farmers bringing the lawsuit want to be able to apply for the stimulus. That's their goal. They're not out there saying that that the that the black farmers shouldn't get this money. What they're saying is we should also be able to apply for the stimulus yep. because we also have really big loans. Actually, on average, I bet you the loans are way bigger. To tell you the truth. Yeah. <clears throat> our, which is racist uh, which is uh, which is well, it's not racist because the white people have bigger loans and that's uh you can't be racist against mm. white it's in the dictionary so you can't do that yeah quote i forgot yeah quote the lawyer says our clients are simple farmers <laughs> that's not nice farming's really hard by the way it's very technical process just simple-minded the folks the gall equipment that my family drives around looks like freaking spaceships okay I couldn't drive the thing 100 feet without breaking something, all right? (laughs) So I don't particularly like this type of wording. Our clients are simple farmers (laughs) who want to be treated equally, he said. They do not want special treatment. They want to be able to apply for a program that anybody else can apply for, and if they qualify, they would like a benefit. If they don't qualify, they would not be disappointed. But the qualifications can't be based on race. Amen.
0: There you go. Amen. Yeah. Joe said nothing simple about farming, ask Stalin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turns out it's difficult to feed a bunch of people.
1: It's it's hard. I mean, I have seen all types of different farms play out. And there are a lot of things like my dad and my brother, and my grandpa, they are really on top of it. I can say they are A plus quality farmers. And they get really good yields off of all the crops. But it's only because that, that is your life. They make sure you know, you're putting the proper... Uh, you know, pesticides and you're putting all your killing your weeds out there. You don't want that there, Johnson grass growing out, nothing like that, because they steal nutrients away from the, the crops while they're out there. They can also make a canopy and take away some of the sunlight. There's all types of things. They get rid of the trees along the fields. The trees you wouldn't realize create a really big problem that are lining mm-hmm. your fields. You get rid of them because if you have trees there, well then only half the day are the crops getting any sunlight. And those trees have really massive roots that go way out and they're stealing nutrients away from. But so you they, also
0: have to be strategic because you don't want the wind blowing the topsoil away.
1: You gotta, you gotta do that, that kind of stuff. But the, they're more concerned with the yields on the, on them, there on them, they crops right there. Now, but listen, they get up at dawn. They it. Every day is a work day. Yeah. Okay. If it's not raining a week, when you start planting, when, when Lacey and I first got married, she didn't understand this because she hadn't been around any farms. But like, if, if we would go up there for the weekend and you would think like, whoa, Nate's coming home. Stop traffic. You know, but if they're planting or they're harvesting, like, like, oh, if you coming to work. Go ride the combine. Like that—that's—that's that's what you got to do. Go ride the combine, or drive a truck, or do something like that. Okay. Your family's like, yeah, we got an extra yeah. body to do some work. And she's like, uh, I don't see why they can't just take a day off. And I'm like, because it could rain twenty inches tomorrow, for all you know. Yeah. And then it could ruin everything. You have to get the crops out. And some farmers don't do that. Okay. Farming is really is a really difficult technical process. I can't keep a freaking plant alive in the house. Okay. So, let alone hundreds of thousands to millions of them. Yeah, so, we can't either.
0: And, so. Yeah. Anyhow, um, we did get a new one named Carl. He's a like a kind of a palm tree esque. Doesn't need much attention.
1: You named your plant yeah. Carl.
0: Yeah, his name's Carl. Okay. So I like it. Hopefully, by naming him, we take better care of him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that way, you'll care when he dies. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Okay. We'll I got bear, you. We'll uh, bury him. That's stuff. a
1: solid. That's a solid idea. We just actually. saw him,
0: and Carl just popped up. Yeah. Okay. So. All right, well... Um, he already rode in the back of the truck. Enjoyed it. <laughs> I didn't take the interstate because I cared about it. You didn't want to hurt him. Because I cared Yeah. About I did. I gotcha. So That's even nice. though he could probably withstand hurricane force winds, yeah, I didn't want to put him through that test. Yeah. Um, so the
1: moral of the story here is other than the actual thing, which we don't know that this is all due to racism, you have to be careful with statistics because without...
0: Oh, I think they were careful with them. Oh, they were...
1: you gotta be truthful with your with your statistics and you have to get both sides of the story because when you see this you're like oh my god that decline in the amount of black farmers racism and you realize the same decline
0: happened for white farmers almost the same decline happened for farmers all around the world probably
1: for 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 people who aren't black you know the other other people mexican farmers same decline happened all right so anyhow that's a that's what you got to look for is make sure you're getting your stats
0: well and it's also remember folks it, problems in this world almost all of them are multivariate mm-hmm. okay so you have to you can't approach it from one thing and say oh well this is the cause capitalism racism that's what it is no it, it it's like the gender pay gap it's like th- these statistics it's like any other statistics that you analyze they're highly complicated multivariate problems, especially when it comes to social constructs and different things like that. So you have to you have to be able to analyze and be willing to dig into the data for to rule out all kinds of other variables. Variance. Mm-hmm. Right? The variables, the variables have variance. Okay. That's what I mean by multivariate. All right. There's there's many contributing factors. To all kinds of things. Racism could be one of them. Is racism one of them? It might be. Okay. But it's not. It doesn't explain the whole thing. Right? When it comes to gender pay gap, are there some tyrannical, powerful men trying to hold women down? Yes. There's a few examples of that. Does that account for the entire thing? No. It doesn't. There's multiple reasons why, on average, men make more. Okay? So, look. You have to approach all of these things. And I think that's the bigger picture with this entire article. Not only is Nate upset because his family's a farmer, and now he's classified as a racist farmer, even though you're part Asian. So I don't really understand
1: this.
0: (laughs) But the bigger picture is approaching things uh, from a multivariate issue. Because then when you institute a fix, you have to try to think of all those different things and try to mitigate as many unintended consequences as you can. And when you do have the unintended consequences, you recognize them and say, okay, we messed up here we we there has to be a a better fix in place next time and it's the it, stuff is complicated it's not as easy as well it just drives a tractor around man i i think with another from the government
1: another thing that bothers me and just a you know it's it's probably happening on a personal level too cuz i just saw my brother start his his own farm and he went out and he got i know 80 acres to start with and i think he just got some more and i mean you guys think that's cheap you think he just had the money to go get it And to get a tractor and do stuff like that? No. He had to go get a loan for it. And so what bothers me is, I just saw him go hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to start this farm. And now listen, I don't think anyone's debts should just be paid off. You went into the debt, you're getting the value from it. But if there's another farmer right next to him who's, who's black, who bought the plot of land on the other side of the trees, and he has no debt anymore... And doesn't have to worry about any of the payments.
0: And he went off and bought 10,000 acres because it's all going to be forgiven plus 20%.
1: This is not how you fix things. Yeah. Do you think there's going to be more or less uh, racism after that? You think my, my, I'm not speaking for him, but you think my brother is going to have more animosity towards the, he's got hundreds of thousands of dollars in debts. And the guy on the other side of the, uh, of the tree line right there has 20% has, has no debt. He just got all of it paid off plus 20%, you know? You think that's going to create some problems between people? Mm -hmm.
0: It's just, this just creates more and more. Going to bring over a cold apple pie instead of a hot one. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, I'm just joking. We're not speaking for your brother.
1: And so this, these things happen and they, you know, even this is, this is personal to me, but this happens all around the country and it happens in all different, all, all different ways. It doesn't even have to be about the farms. There are people who are struggling in a lot of different ways. And, you end up doing something like a, like a like a reparations type bill, for people who, uh, their maybe their ancestors weren't even slaves. Who even knows, you know? But that just because they're black, they're going to get money, and and then I think about the way that my my mom grew up and the way that I grew up and the way that we struggled financially and everything. And you see the family next door. If they're black, they're going to get a bunch of money or some money from the government, and right here, like, we're not. You think that's going to make things better for people? think it's going to make the society better for anyone? It's exchanging one past racism, possibly, with a new form of racism, and it's creating more racism between the actual people, which keeps the problem going for a long time, Mm. which is what I'm actually worried about, is people changing. People need to change and not think about people based on what the color of their skin is. And doing things like this do not fix that problem. It makes it worse. Okay? That's why we have to care about stuff like this, even not just on an economic level, but on a on a personal societal level too. On a people level. On a people. Mm -hmm. Libertarians understand that people exist. It's not just numbers.
0: I don't think that we can say anything more than no, that. That the was style, a hell of man. a way to end it. Us a well, if y'all enjoyed today's show, which I know you did, then you should uh, smash that subscribe button. Then share the show with a friend and the children. All the children need to hear it. Uh, spread it out. Spread it wide to the children. Okay. <laughs> uh, plant some seeds with the children. All right. Watch it grow up into a plant. All right. And that's how mm. we fervor this. Uh, the celebrity movement is by y'all sharing the show, which by the way, the numbers are increasing uh, drastically because uh, thanks to you all. Mm-hmm. Thanks to you all and some ads that we're running that, uh, from the Patreon group, letting, allowing us to spend their hard-earned dollars that they give to us back into society through all the advertisement we run, plus you guys sharing the show. Uh, I believe we're up 38% compared to last month, which is a pretty nice jump. That's good. Um, so y'all continue to do that. Uh, we appreciate it, and we love you for it. And uh join the Patreon if you want to. We we have what? Several new members in the mm-hmm. last few weeks. Uh you can no longer be part of the live five hundredth episode uh, party that we're throwing actually it's not a party. It's just <laughs> yeah. according to Airbnb, we we're not together. having a party. We're mm-hmm. just having friends gather uh for potluck. Yeah. Okay.
1: Let's uh, call it like a church group or something like yeah, that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> That's Liberty. Bring your
0: Bible. Yeah, it's a Liberty Church group. Bring your pocket constitution back there. You can no longer be part of that, but I'm sure we're going to throw another bash for the sa- uh, thousandth. For the- we're mm-hmm. going to throw another. Yep. I started-
1: Hold on, we'll just cut that part out. I you started the again. bash yeah.
0: already <laughs> for the 1,000th episode. So uh, you'll want to be a part of Liberty, the Liberty Patreon group for that. So go sign up, patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. Share the so- show. Leave us that rating and review on Apple Podcast or any other platform where you can leave us that rating and review. If you guys do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning Liberty.